NPR. I am Lee Drogan, founder and CEO at Estimize. I'm in our New York City offices today, joined by my colleague, Christine Short. And on the line is Seema Shah, the senior retail analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. She's been doing consumer-focused research for about 15 years, and prior to joining Bloomberg, she was a buy-side analyst at both hedge funds and family offices. Recently from our podcast studio in New York's Flatiron District, we had the following conversation. So we're going to get into a bunch of stuff today, especially everything around retail and uh, and the holiday shopping season. We're actually going to start it off with uh, just a, a little conversation about Bitcoin. You know, given last uh, Thanksgiving was was kind of the height of the hype. Uh, we're going to get general reactions from everybody. Uh, you know, regarding Black Friday. You know, any anecdotes anybody wants to share. Uh, we're going to talk about you know what looks popular this holiday season. You know, regarding what's getting sold. Old, uh, and maybe what's not. Uh, this was an interesting day for the trade war, so we're going to get a kind of a, a you know a, an interesting conversation going around the tariff story, as well as you know that in relation to Apple seems to now be having problems with you know Trump potentially putting tariffs on the iPhone, and is this kind of as good as it gets for you know for the uh, the consumer? Um, and then we're going to finish up with some conversation about uh, you know department stores moving to omni-channel. Some of them are getting it right. Some of them are not getting it right uh, versus some of these new apps uh, like Spring. And uh, I think there are a couple other ones out there. And, you know, whether they're actually competing with the department store kind of online sales channel at this point. But I want to start it out just by kind of, well, you know, Bitcoin trades at $3,600 here. It's just gotten absolutely destroyed. I think on this podcast, you know, both myself and Christine and, um, you know, when uh, uh, we have other guests on, everybody's been kind of hands off uh, for the past, I don't know, how many months now have, has since the, almost the beginning of the year. I mean, I yeah, feel like basically. after February, it was done, yeah. you know. So I was out at like 12,000. and uh, Was that the beginning of the year? Well, well, that was on the way up. So I, yeah, I didn't yeah. catch the, the last, yeah, the, the whatever. 20, whatever, the yeah, last yeah. part of it. But, um, but it was interesting because, you know, we were sitting here last uh, Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving. I think I made the comment that people are going to go home and they're going to talk endlessly about this stuff. And that's going to mm-hmm. fuel, you know, a next round of, of buying. It did. And then it just absolutely collapsed once we got into the new year, which is not, not necessarily surprising because it was, you know, it was a massive bubble. But, I, you know, I guess d- did any of you hear any talk of any of this stuff around, you know, Thanksgiving table this year? I, I would say last year, definitely. And I, I certainly read about it where people were, you know, people that just know that we're quote unquote work in the markets that ask should i buy it (laughs) you know they don't even yeah so i think you definitely saw that and you know there's always that analogy like if your grandmother's asking it's probably at the top right so the only like whisper of it this thanksgiving was my husband's dad giving him a hard time do you you still have that bitcoin just like dragging him and my husband's like i don't want to talk about it and we kind of shut it down there because he's been holding for I mean, I, I just mentioned he bought it in December of last year. So yeah. he's not a, he's yeah. not in an investment in any sense of the word. So this was like uh, his kind of experimentation and yeah. he, everyone was getting into right. it. So he he decided to go for it last year. But yeah, that was kind of it. No one was really talking about getting into it or I don't know. I don't know. Right. Is there anyone taking taking advantage? I don't think anybody understands it, first of all. Of course. I, I don't. Yeah. Well, that's something the interesting that nobody thing. understands. 
I, nobody understands it, but everybody knows of yes. it. And yeah. I think that's what drove that. Exactly. I don't hear anybody picking bottoms on this thing, which is interesting, right? Because, you know, uh, normally, you know, with something else, you would, oh, it's down so much, you know, I'm going to pick a bottom on it. What uh, was your, yours was a thousand? Did you say you'd buy some if it was at a thousand or was it under five? You know, here's the thing. I don't hear you say that anymore. Well, (laughs) yeah, here's the thing. Like, it's just, it's just momentum in both directions. So this thing, it's, it's not worth anything. It's worth everything and anything. Right. And so (laughs) maybe it's a thousand, maybe it's 3000, maybe it's a hundred bucks. Who knows? You know, this thing, every single thing that was built on top of this has failed so far, except for, you know, and I'll mention it, this thing called Spank Chain, which is literally a, like a porn thing, is actually working. They, they, they only raised $6 million in the ICO, and they're making a bunch of money off of it, and people are actually making real money, and it has a real purpose. It's kind of funny, because like, porn is always the f- first industry to actually use any of this stuff you know, effectively, which is sad, but true, right? Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason to step back into any of this stuff until there's a fundamental reason why there's like a... You know, Fred Wilson, I think everybody should read his blog. It's at avc.com. He put out a really mm-hmm. great post. I think it was, it was either yesterday or today. And he, he basically says, look, this, this can go a lot lower, but like there, there's going to be, you know, an Amazon at some point. Right. And it just, might not be Bitcoin. It just it, may it, not be Bitcoin yeah. and maybe something else. Right. Yeah. And, and you just watch right. for the signs that there's actually something people are using mm-hmm. because people aren't using right. Ethereum. They're not using any of these dApps. Like it's, I don't know. Well, um, it's probably like the tech bubble, right? Yeah. You don't really know what to put your money in because no one really knows. That's, so that's kind of the hard part. In lots of things. It's like yeah. everybody knows the internet was going to be big, but like, you know, we didn't know where, when, how, right? It's, right. it's kind of the same thing. So right. that's why we, that's why we keep talking about it in this podcast, because we know it's a trend that, you know, people are going to want to be involved in at some point. Uh, but right. I, I still don't see any reason to, you know, pick, pick bottoms in this thing. It's, Right, right. Um, All right, moving on. Um, So what did everybody think about um, store traffic, online traffic, you know, what was being bought, what was not being bought? I got to say just anecdotally, not that I know anything, but, you know, my wife and I went to Best Buy just for the hell of it on Friday. And it was mm-hmm. mobbed, just absolutely mobbed. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, these TVs are going for nothing. Everybody was. I think it was two ninety nine, right? Yeah, so, it was I don't know, maybe, crazy yeah. for like fifty five inch inches, good yeah. TVs. You yes, fifty five inches. I remember it's huge. It's <laughs> crazy. Like I, I think my TV's fifty five inches, like Samsung, and it's like it's a big TV. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and everybody was buying the home automation stuff, like the like I. So I bought another one of those twenty dollar Amazon. Uh, dots. Oh, you did or, for another. Oh, you did. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, honestly, we didn't really buy anything except for that because we didn't need anything. Yeah. But also, I mean, generally speaking, I think like the fact that promotions start so much earlier and really they are there 365 days a year, maybe other than like that TV deal, totally which true. was particularly exciting because yeah. that's really cheap for such a large TV. A lot of the things like 30, 40 percent off. You can't typically get that at another time. So maybe people don't feel yeah. that pressure to go into the store when you can sort of just peruse online, you know, and I didn't find the places so crowded. I saw, you know, I saw more people. I guess I just expected no one to be. I live across the street from a Target in Brooklyn, and there was actually quite a few people in there. And like you said, it yeah. looked like there were a lot of TVs coming out of there. There was a Best Buy in that mall as well. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I even said to you in an email, Seema, I was like starting to get the Black Friday email so early. Yes, I got I, so many of those. That I was like, is do I wait? Do I buy it now? Like it was confusing. Yeah. It was, they were all called pre-Black Friday sales. But isn't that just the sale? It's just longer? Yeah. And it's I, the same. Yeah. yeah, it is the same. And then, you know, if you do it that day between, you know, you might get something extra. But net, net, if you step back, you're probably not – It's you know, so I don't think one day would necessarily be better than the other for the I most part. I think today I just noticed a few extra, like, you know, Target sent out an email, like extra yeah. 15% off or something like really nominal. Yeah. But, um. Yes. Same. I think Ulta had like $50. Um, what did they have today? If you spent a certain amount yep. today, I think right. you got you know, a $10 off coupon, you know, just small. Oh yeah. Here $10 off a of $50 purchase right. or more. Nothing that you would like have waited for yeah. or like certain. Right. Well, a lot I of bought companies. a Kindle. I bought a Kindle. Oh, there you uh, go. Cause it was like massive discount. Yeah. Where'd it was go? pretty good. Off of Amazon. Yeah. Or just yeah. directly off of Amazon. Uh, yeah. Kindle paperweight. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think a lot yeah. of places were also doing specific like daily deals. I'd prefer yeah. just a general discount on everything. But um, yeah. I was getting emails of, like, the deal of the day. And... Well, we've talked about this in the past, right? It, it, because of all the online shopping, that it, the prices are just so much more efficient today that you don't have deals because it's, it's just more efficient during the year anyway, right? And right. Mm-hmm. I, I always feel like when I'm shopping during the year, I'm wondering, well, am I getting screwed without having a discount at that time? If you go into any store and you don't have a 15 or 20 per de- discount and you're buying something big, especially like home goods, yeah. you just feel stupid for not I never for like don't have a discount. Price, right? I always have a discount. Yeah. I use hu- yeah. the Honey Chrome extension on my computer. So anytime I do online shopping, it searches through all of yeah. the available codes. I feel like I always hit something. Um, so, yeah. So you think that potentially kind of took a bite out of the oh, intensity absolutely. of sales I think this year? The intensity. I mean, the, the day is still big. There's sort of a social thing around it. You know, people like to go with their family. But if you think about the fact that many deals were even before Black Week, like right. the prior the week. The whole month. You know, I mean, people, all of November. The whole month. People yeah. were starting. And then, you know, if you even exclude what happened the rest of the year. So I think there were deals, but it wasn't. And there still are today. I mean, the 65-inch TV at Best Buy online is 600 bucks, which is really nothing for such a huge TV. Yeah. Right. I also read so. that because of the calendar. So, so Thanksgiving was a little early this year. And yes. because yes. Christmas falls on a Tuesday, a lot of analysts are predicting that Sunday, December 23rd is going to be like the second Black Friday mm. because everyone's going to be out that weekend doing last minute shopping. Um, so maybe they'll. I mean, that makes sense. Place. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it's the longest, uh, I think, yeah, the longest time between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. So, so. The, I think I read that the the traffic was down between somewhere between five and nine percent you know depending yeah in on which, store in store yeah um but the black but black friday online grew almost 25 percent. okay wow yeah i was gonna ask when do we get the numbers for the online stuff it was about six billion i believe according to adobe for black friday okay. itself so you know so, so yeah. So overall, overall, like in in our you know in our understanding of where the consumer is at in this cycle, I think mm-hmm. uh, you know are, are we still at this kind of concept of this is as good as it gets you know kind of thing given wage trends, inflation is low, oil's down, 
Um, people are paying a thousand dollars for a jacket. They're paying $1,100 for an iPhone. Like, you know, it, it feels like this is kind of as good as it gets yet. The underlying kind of economic narrative is starting to slip a bit. Yes, I would agree. I, I do. I think that all of those things, because I think there's a delay, right? That by the time the consumer sure. really feels great, you're probably, you know, business, we're probably going towards the end. And I think that's a lot of what you're seeing. They're making very large purchases, a lot of purchases on credit, peak household debt, including student loan and auto loan debt. Saw that. And, right. And buying all these products, as we spoke about last time with Canada the Goose, $1,000 jacket, $1,000 phone. At some point, you know, you're not going to be able to continue at that sort of run rate. So the debt, you so the, yeah, seeing, the debt story, the debt story, like, uh, what's the metric that would get you kind of, you know, scared there? Are we at that point? Because I saw, I, I saw uh, kind of the per Pareto today of basically, you know, credit card debt really hasn't gotten out of control, but it's the student loan debt. Um, mortgage debt really is only approaching the highs of right. 2008 now or 2007. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the car loan debt is getting bad. Um, so like what yeah. would, what, what kind of numbers or, or what kind of tipping point would get you to be like, whoa, this is, this is kind of out of control. Right. And I, I think that one thing people always do, people being analysts, is you're going to look at how it was at the worst possible time, sure. which was the Great Recession, whereas I sort of think about how is it changing? So I think what I had been looking at, I just sort of keep an eye on how um, some of the retail private label credit card guys, right. how they speak about like, um, you know, synchrony or alliance data. I just keep an eye on maybe their charge off rates and 30 day delinquencies, just to, to keep an eye and see if you're seeing a big trend since a lot of times they are actually the credit card company for a lot of these retailers. Mm -hmm. So, and I think the other thing is sort of just any commentary I can get from the retailers themselves. Now that the credit income is in revenue, you know, I feel like they're oh, yeah. it's talked about a little bit more because they move things around from an accounting perspective. But I think that's kind of what I would look at. What's happening there? Mortgages, less so, but certainly there's little affordability in the housing market, right? So I think that makes it really hard. So that's why you're getting the weakness in the sales. Uh, or existing home sales. So I think it's just sort of a mix like this. And then you have to think about everything else, right? Are they, where are the wage raises, raises really coming from? I think in some of it, it might be sort of on this part-time jobs versus all across the board. And a lot of those people already have a lot of debt. So I don't know if that necessarily increases their spending substantially. That right. makes sense. We've also seen a lot of the income increase accrue to the top, you know, one to five percent of, of workers. And we know that obviously they don't end up spending as much of that as a percentage, you know, uh, so it doesn't flow through to the economy as much as it does when it's in the, you know, let's say the, the 30 to, you know, 80 percent, you know, the, the middle middle class range where they will, yeah. they will go out and spend a larger percentage of that instead of putting it away. Right. Because a larger percent of their income will be used either for these necessities, right? Yeah. A lot of this also includes things they have to buy, like, I mean, energy or gas, um, rent, healthcare, medical health care, you know, and when Obamacare or Affordable Care Act went in, they saw a huge decrease in personal uh, bankruptcies because medical costs are one of the leading. So to the extent that you just follow politics, if there's any chance of any change in that law going further, that could be an added pressure right. to a consumer who's already has all this other debt.
kind of hanging on their shoulders. So what, uh, of you know, of all the different kind of categories here, um, what seems to be, you know, really driving this holiday season? Is it, you know, is it electronics? Is it... Uh, uh, apparel is there is there a kind of a specific category within either of those that you think is um you know is, is really leading here that maybe isn't you know priced in to you know to this to specific names yet right i think definitely uh consumer electronics as you mentioned best buy was very crowded we already saw earlier this maybe last quarter target had their own uh, private label electronics brand uh, as things move to the smart home so i think that will continue uh, to be the case, and Best Buy in particular, because it's really hard to actually integrate these smart home items to so the fact that they have um, their in-home advisor. And yeah, other you say that my, -like my my wife makes so much fun of me because when we moved into our new place last was it last February, I you know mm -hmm. I bought all the smart lights and stuff like that, and I must yes. have spent a week and a half trying to get this stuff to work, yep, and I right. had to get Brian on the phone with oh, me really? to walk Are me these through. These the Philips Hughes or, or what's yeah, it was the, like yeah, the yeah, Hughes. So it was the Hughes lights, the Hughes light yeah. strip, yeah. the hub, yeah. the you know. Alexa talking to all that stuff, yeah, yeah, the smart yeah. things app. It was yeah. a disaster and Brian Brian yeah. had to help me do it. He had to like get IFTT involved like yeah. to, to do all this <laughs> Brian's stuff. Brian's our CTO by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was yeah, yeah, this stuff is not easy, but no. yeah, it, it's not easy. Now so Best Buy has the people. Their yeah. services focus definitely helps. I think probably otherwise given the cold weather, probably saw a pickup in sweaters, jackets, maybe other, you know, accessories, cold weather accessories. And to the extent there's, I think there's a snowstorm in the Midwest yesterday. Blizzard, or yeah, yeah. Blizzard, yeah. So then again, for the home improvement guys, you're going to get snow blowers, generators, right. heaters. So this cold weather. I think the I think the winter them. wear is going to have a really good season here. I think Jeff called this yeah. very early. Yeah, we you know, talked about this last weather. time, yeah. and actually, we we just had a conference called Learn to Quant, uh, two, not last Friday, but the Friday before, and one of our mm -hmm. data vendors, Ticker Tags, that kind of looks at sentiment it, data. Yeah. One of their case mm -hmm. studies was around Goose and Montclair. Yeah. Is that how you say that? Month, <laughs> the the other very expensive yeah. down jackets. Yes, 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 um, yes, Montclair. Montclair, and so the kind of mentions I think in October for both of those yeah. names had hit an all time high. And people, yeah. you know, positive mentions. People saying that's what they were buying this season, and you know, yeah. as we spoke about, these are thousand dollar coats, so. Yeah. Um, it, it's incredible that those it's really they're everywhere. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's just like sort of appeared and now literally you can't go anywhere. With and they that probably thing. didn't have so to give a discount for black Friday. So a lot of no, those there things... aren't, there aren't any, you know, if you take a look online, there'll be all these other codes. Like you look at Bloomingdale's and Macy's, but not those. <laughs> they don't I'm have curious to. about toys because I read a lot about, you know, Toys R Us obviously out of business and now everyone's kind of trying to grab that market share, whether it be Walmart, Target, Amazon, which I think are probably the big three, but even like Kroger, other not yes. not natural players in the kind of toy oh. space trying to go yeah. for it because there's no uh, there's no real hub for that anymore with Toys R Us. I mean, I don't know, but... Um, right, so I think for holiday, the mass merchants, Amazon, I'm sorry, Target and Walmart, and certainly Amazon are going to be the ones that are going to take share. One, because people are already there, and you know, that's where most people are actually doing their holiday shopping, so I think that they definitely win. But you'll probably see um, some benefit to some of the other people that added toy, you know, like the grocery store, maybe even right. JCPenney. Best Buy, but I think, that, too. Yeah, but they added some. I think where you'll see 
where people will miss uh, Toys R Us will be as you get into January and you have this large player that displayed all these toys uh, during the year. And that's mm -hmm. where maybe the toy makers might feel like there's no central place for them to sort of set up their end caps and things like that. Are, right? are the, show off their toys. Are the gaming consoles still like a super hot thing? Because it, it's funny, you know, I, I was never really much of a gamer, but you, I just remember you used to hear so much about, you know, so many advertisements for this console mm -hmm. or that console, this console is coming out. And mm -hmm. now it just feels like you hear more for the individual games. Like this, I don't even know what this is, but Red Dead Redemption 3. I see ads all over New York City for it. I don't know I what see, that is. It's, no. like, it's like the hottest video game. I think it's like a you know Western video game. Anyway, right. I see ads for this all over the place. Or Assassin's Creed, I see that one a lot. Right, or Fortnite. Yeah, so Fortnite, to me, I also yeah. hear more about Fortnite, the names yeah. of the games. Yep, then the, uh, versus, yeah. Then this, so I'm less sure, like, which is the best system, so I can't answer that, but I think definitely it's driven by the gaming, you know, the game cycle, and the new game the release. Probably yeah. a little bit, but, but I don't know. can be played on, I guess. I, it used all... to be about the platforms. It totally yeah. used to be like, what's the next? And maybe that's just because of where the technology was. 15 years ago, right. 10 years ago right. versus now where everything's really good, good you yeah. know, and it's just like, who's the best game maker at this point, right? Right, right. I saw Adobe right. reported that Nintendo Switch was the most popular item online on Friday. Wow. So, wow. again, wow. I can't speak to what Nintendo Switch is. I, I've heard we bought, of it. We bought a Nintendo Switch for like traveling purposes six uh -huh. months ago or whatever, oh, right. and we don't really use it. I yeah. don't know. And I, think I didn't even know it was portable. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. either. I'm like, what does this look yeah, like? Yeah, it's like a super portable thing. And um, I don't know. We don't really – maybe it's just because we don't have a million games. We have like four games. But for... you know what, though? It's not the only place to play a game, right? You have your iPad. You have your phone. You can That's download kinda, any kind of game. Yeah, you can yeah. watch TV, right? So the fight for people's attention, so to speak, or their interest is it's really high, right? So it, it – I can see why you wouldn't necessarily be playing it all the time because you could occupy yourself Ten with so many other things. Do. Yeah. yeah. Seema, do you yeah. think, um, like, to what extent has, and I think we talk about this just as general, you know, uh, societal trend, but I'm, I'm interested in your view on this. What, what kind of chunk of uh, toys or retail or, or just, you know, general consumer has you know Fortnite and other mobile games kind of taken out and, and how you see that trend progressing? I don't know the actual percentage because I have seen that what constitute toys seems to kind of also vary. But if you just think of what entertains sure, people. Yeah. So for toys themselves, like actual what you might think of toys from when we were younger, a lot of it had been driven by movie releases, right? Instead of the toy being... Yeah. I just want the Cabbage Patch Kid as well. There was a Cabbage Patch movie, and now everybody wants that toy. So to, they really, the toy companies have to keep up that type of, you know, schedule really to get, I think, people's interest. And, and if they can't capture that, I think that's partially what's very difficult. Um, we saw that with, like, Frozen in the last couple of years and Star Wars. Yeah. Like, Hasbro and Mattel yes, exactly. really capitalized off that. of those. But then right, and kind of even been like I think some of the Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah and, and also these movies are now coming up with rapid frequency. So again, right. just 
Less special. And in my mind, I wonder if there's also some fatigue hmm. uh, yeah. uh, from that because, again, it's not. It doesn't become very special. Like when we were younger, there were three Star Wars movies, and that's it. Yeah. So it's sort of special because that's it. They're not. They were. You know. So I think some of it's that. And again, you know, there's so many different ways to entertain your kid, and certainly electronics is, is something that most kids want, at least at the age of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lulu's going to report, uh, when did they report? Uh, December 5th. Um, you know, I was in there a couple weeks ago, and they're now doing, you know, jackets, and they're, they're doing all sorts of stuff. Like, they've expanded rapidly here, especially into men's. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stock's expensive, obviously, but, you know, for a good reason. Uh, expectations on same store sales are huge. I'm sure the online component of that is going to be really big as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what what's your take on Lulu versus the other kind of uh, uh, athleisure, you know, competitors in the space? You know, going into the holiday season. Right. Well, it, it's 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 growing, and it's one of the few. I think the experience still is different, um, and you know, I think people view the quality of the product to be. Uh, superior, but certainly in athleisure as a whole, it's you see it everywhere. Cole's mentioned it on their call, so it's becoming a more competitive category as a whole. You're okay. seeing the big brands really distributed everywhere. I don't know if you've noticed that they're Coles, that they're also in Macy's. They're, no. You know, they're sort of everywhere. And then you also have the private label brands, right? That different retailers are doing. So I think the category seems to remain. There was that big, I, I don't mm-hmm. remember whether it was a Bloomberg article or, or somebody else, but there was a big, like, how, you know, yoga pants took over the world from jeans or something like that. I don't know if you guys read that <laughs> article. Yeah. Uh, I did not. Yeah. And it was, I mean, like, it doesn't get any more, like, blaringly obvious that, like, you know, everybody knows what the trend is at this point than that. But there was a period where yeah. it was, like, athleisure is going to be dead. Like, you remember, there like, was, a, yeah. like, a year ago, I feel like there was there was question about, because jeans got popular again. Yeah, um, yeah but I, it's hard to go back to that. I mean, these are so comfortable. If you I, know. Just, <laughs> I know. Well, is it just a general public? commentary on our overall... Yeah. Uh, quest for yeah. comfort. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think that's, you know, you still do need some jeans and other things. So well, we've <laughs> seen, you know, we've seen the maker of Joe's jeans just, I don't remember what the stock is, what the parent company is. Um, oh, yeah. We uh, just figured that out the just other day. Just absolutely decimated. Yeah. Uh, that stock's gotten crushed. Um, you know, a bunch of the other co- Levi's is coming public, though, which mm-hmm. is, I think, interesting. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's another thing that's kind of struck me as sort of a toppy. I don't know why. It's not to say that. I'm just surprised after all these years that they're going public yeah. for some reason. Yeah, it feels a little weird, I, right? I just, It does. There's something about it, like, why now Yeah. Hmm. of all the times? Just because apparel had been weak, so it's sort of interesting time to decide to Maybe be public. Maybe because other jeans, like Calvin Klein's done really well. I don't know. There's certain pockets But not of for it. the jeans. That's the underwear. It's mostly the underwear. Because of yeah. Kardashians. They yeah. nailed that thing. But Levi's have done really, I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. It's just, it's always interesting to, when you change your, your sort of your structure in terms of your corporate structure, you know, because, you know, now you're going to be, have to deal with all these shareholders who are going to be asking you every quarter. Right, right. About After such a different long trends time of being and, private. Right, and I, I'm like denim, like cotton, right? So you know, any that's a big input. Yeah. You know, as we we have these different tariffs and other things, something to consider, also. 
Um, I want to switch gears and, and just go over to the, um, the the tariff side here. So, you know, mm-hmm. just some news from today. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Trump comes out. He's talking to the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, first mm-hmm. about the GM cuts and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to cut a whole bunch of people. And then, you know, talking yeah. about, you know, Apple and uh, he's going to, it looks like, try and place 25% tariff on mm-hmm. uh, basically all the Chinese goods. It's up from 10% where it is 10 now 15, or 10, 15, yeah. something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple specifically going to get caught in, in that Apple stock dropped after hours. They have all sorts of issues. But I, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, who is this going to impact most at this point? You know, we've seen, you know, Walmart kind of, you know, get away relatively unscathed with it when it comes to, you know, both the numbers and although this last couple of weeks they've gotten hammered back down to the $95 range, which it seems like they're mm-hmm. having kind of a problem escaping. You know, there seems to be some gravity to that number. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Target, uh, you know, like similar. They uh, The numbers look pretty good, but they got hammered last week on what looked like a yeah. good report. Um, even though the in-store traffic wasn't great, the online was amazing. It was I think it was up 40% mm-hmm. year over year. So their omni-channel stuff is going really well. Apple raising prices on the iPhone to, you know, $1,000, $1,100. But it seems like... Um, you know, maybe that maybe they push that a little too far, taking away the iPhone numbers. The iPhone numbers not as good as they wanted them to be. Uh, you know, if you had to guess at this point, I, I guess there's always two questions, right? There's, mm-hmm. um, you know, what will the actual financial impact of the tariffs be to, you know, given companies and products? And then I guess two, where do you think we are in the cycle of the market caring? Okay, so I, I would say one thing since tariffs are really you're seeing them in the more uh, manufacturing companies they've spoken about but for retail i think you're okay for the calendar 2018 year so it's really in 2019 mm-hmm. as they start ordering and producing for those out years you know starting let's say january february where i think you're going to see the impact so generally speaking what it'll mean is uh, on top of the other stresses that retailers have, which would be rising wages, rising freight costs, the cost of omni-channel e-commerce, free shipping. Besides that, they are likely in many cases, particularly like some home furnishing, certain other categories that are being sort of taxed or tariffed, they're going to see their input costs rising. Mm-hmm. To the extent, though, that, as you mentioned earlier, we all just wait for a coupon. So there's only a few retailers, I think, that will really have the sort of the luxury of passing all that through. So I think you'll see gross margin pressure and the retailers that will have the most, I think, um, upside if there is, would be some of the mass merchants, even though they will be affected. Walmart, you know, about 60% of their sales are in food. It's also the largest retailer. I think the large retailers who have leverage with their suppliers might be able to push back a little bit in terms of the financial impact versus some of the smaller players or those in really competitive markets will have to see some margin loss, like in home furnishings, home decor, because it's just too competitive. Yeah, those would be your targets. Yeah, it's really competitive. How are you going to push that through when you're competing with Wayfair and Amazon? So those are the ones. And then at the end of the day, it's going to be the American consumer. At some point, prices will probably rise across the board if this continues. 
and then of course it's going to make things more expensive for them. So we well, still you had have written that one of your in one of your pieces that just washer prices th- those have risen yeah. from oh, the yeah. beginning. Whirlpool's gotten yeah. just right, and so, so they tried yeah. to pass those costs Didn't along, work. and that's not working. That also so, had the housing issue with it. And sure, it's right. Well, but you saw also one. GM today, right? So yeah. that's a pretty big announcement, right? Fourteen thousand workers, multiple plants. So it does have an effect. Now, if you just step back and look at that area as a whole, they're going to lay off 14,000 people who no longer will have that extra money to start to buy all these things, right? So I think that's another concern as you start seeing this. And at the end of the day, again, the costs are going to go up. Not every retailer will be affected. Similarly, I think it really will be on the sector they focus on, like someone like a restoration hardware. They focus on luxury. They probably have more room to push their prices up because maybe their consumers are less sensitive. Right. And some of the Speaking of the margins uh, story <clears throat> chart mm-hmm. somebody shared today, so S&P mm-hmm. 500 operating margins now at 12.2%, which is an all-time high. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> since uh, 2000, the average has been 8.2%. We dipped to as low as, well, basically zero, um, you know, under zero uh, during uh, – you know, the, the crisis. Um, mm-hmm. But man, like capital is just crushing labor right now. And it just, mm-hmm. it feels a little unsustainable. Like there are obviously systemic reasons, mostly having to do with technology being a bigger part of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the S&P 500 at this point, and they obviously have higher you know profit margins, but this feels mm-hmm. unsustainable at this point, right? You know, the, the profit margin, yeah. uh, you know, equation. Right, because we already just spoke about there's so many headwinds that will affect multiple industries and not just the companies, but also the end consumer, right? So there's a lot of potential risks to that. Maybe it doesn't go back to the average itself, but, you know, it probably seems – I mean, I'm not a strategist, but I'd be surprised if it continued to increase given what you said and, you know, a lot of the – uh, companies in general have really already worked to optimize their cost structure, you know, b- Im- you know, improve their sourcing so they have better gross margins. So I'm not sure, like, how much more you're really going to get because a that, lot of yeah. them, in theory, would have done it, you know, well, during the It feels like in the in the broader kind of, uh, not to get too deep into it, but like the, the broader kind of um, uh, cycle of uh, political, you know, kind of discourse that, you mm-hmm. know, the politics usually pull these things back into line with like normal, you know, ranges when things get too far out. And sometimes it gets, you know, sometimes it gets, uh, violent and, uh, you know, and, 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 and tough. Um, but, but things, things tend to, you know, equalize, uh, you know, when things get this out of line. Um, mm-hmm. speaking of that as well, uh, Morgan Stanley today, uh, came out and basically said 50-50 chance at an earnings recession in 2019, which I thought was a really, like, you know, nobody else has been saying that. They've been that the most yet. bearish of the They have been the most bearish, the yeah. yeah. I should, yeah, I, I mean, I would be more on their side than some of the other ones that are pushing it out. Goldman, I mean, Goldman so, seems so still, bullish to still me. Still very bullish, yeah. yeah. 
I don't know, Christine. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the numbers. Like, what's the? It's still. Where are we still at now? We're st- still like double dip for 2019. I think digits. it was hovering around like nine, ten percent last time I checked. I mean, those numbers have been falling. Sure, and they always do, or almost do. always do. And then I've seen so like Goldman came out and said they they're actually thinking they're going to fall probably to low single digits, but the, there right. will still be profits, but it yeah. will just be lower than we've gotten used to these past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we are seeing those come down quite a bit for for both the first and the second half of the year but um certainly that kind of change is what's going to spook the market right it's more about the change and what's coming right then whether comps are going to be real tough exactly they're going to be really hard three to 25 percent really hard comp yeah almost every quarter of this year so So it's not surprising that we've had this move in the market given that the market's always two quarters ahead of the real kind of you know yeah that's kind of the way i view it and then also you know are the wages going to increase next year also and the year after so is everything going to keep up now we're getting you know we're raising rates so you know real wages really haven't risen that much so there's just a lot of things i think that seem concerning and again you mentioned all these companies reported they had great three q's but it seemed like a lot of investors were not so pleased with the guidance like maybe they should have raised more and that's i think why a lot of the yeah i think that's like why a lot of the retailers you know maybe got hit you know because you know analysts in general once it's going up it better keep going up yeah. at yeah. the same rate yeah. or you know you miss so i think some of it is that uh last thing i wanted to talk about here so you know over the last couple of years we've we've had some conversations about this on the podcast um but it, you know it normally goes by pretty quickly and you know maybe that's because it should have and that's i, I kind of bring it up you know once every six months just because it seems like a trend that's interesting um, you know, as these department stores, you know, understood that they needed to shift to omnichannel, some of them got it right, like Nordstrom's, um, mm-hmm. Target, uh, some of them definitely have not gotten it right, like Macy's, um, mm-hmm. Sears, obviously almost out of business now. Um, right. there are, you know, some new applications that are basically like no physical footprint department stores, like spring and Mm -hmm. what's the other one christine there's wish i think wish yeah um and you know i i just i want to take the temperature from you on have these things gotten any real traction yet and do people need a kind of a brand name that they know like nordstrom's behind the you know the app only you know department store is is that something that they're doing? Is there a reason that they're using it or not using it? Do you think it's the future or is it just kind of like, yeah, these will be minor players in the marketplace, but never really make a huge dent? Yeah. So, I mean, generally speaking, if you, I actually think these marketplaces as a whole are actually are a real risk to retail. And then presumably the winners will end up being Walmart with its marketplace and obviously sure. Amazon. But I do think that these small players do – um, have a place in what people, how people spend because they usually offer free shipping both ways. Uh, once you're set up, it's easy. If you think of someone's smartphone, real estate is very valuable. And that's why I don't think you're going to have an app for every retailer, but every retailer must have an app. Right. So what you see is people spending on omnichannel to hire people to develop this infrastructure, develop the app. If they're not getting the sales, right? So now you're seeing sort of value destruction. Uh, you know, the return on vested capital is going down. It's but from the consumer perspective, like it's a pain. If I download Macy's right now, then I got to go find my Macy's card. I have to put it in. Whereas if I want to get something quickly from Amazon or these other sites that have many categories 
that I can order and get the free shipping. So I think there's definitely a place for them, right? I mean, the, the you know, but the, the app has to be very convenient. It has to be you know, searchable. You have to be able to store. You know, I even sometimes like it's hard to find where your discount codes are. You know, just things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be really seamless, or people will, you know, just forget about it. And you know, you saw some websites on Black Friday; they really struggled. Lowe's was down. J Crew was down. I think there was a few other down, events. like totally down. Yeah, J Crew was. Oh, that's they were doing fifty fifty percent off site wide, and it crashed. Lowe's crashed, um, and then I think people were mad because they didn't know when it was going to come back on. And you know, so things like it's surprising to me that this still happens, but it also shows you how difficult it is to actually have an omni-channel. That's a that's a CTO fireable offense right there. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, like you know, you're really struggling. It's like it hasn't been tested, but five, six times the normal traffic. And, you know, how are they going to process all these orders? But if you can't even get through, because, you know, people now are so used to that sort of instant gratification. So if you couldn't find it on Lowe's, whatever you want, you right. maybe oh, you yeah. would go to, maybe yeah. either you're not going to come back <laughs> yeah. and try to reload. No, and... no you're going to either go to Home Depot or you're going to say, oh, you know what? It's just a hammer. I can get it on Amazon. It's yep. already mm-hmm. on my phone. It's really easy. I mean, mobile commerce is the, has been the biggest driver. Um, many retailers mentioned that. I think Cole's also mentioned it. A lot of the digital uh, sales were driven by mobile, and that will likely continue. And I think that's what makes the marketplaces uh, more interesting. It doesn't. I can't say that one will necessarily be a winner versus the other. Maybe with the exception of Amazon and Walmart, but certainly it puts a lot of pressure on retailers in general, including the department stores, because sort of only have one try or two tries before consumers like doesn't even work in the in right. the, in, the in the broad perspective where are we in mm-hmm. terms of the switch over to online retail like x obviously like x um uh you know energy um what percentage are we at at this point for online retail yeah i think it's just a over 10%, I'm not even mid-teens. I think so it's actually still, still a smaller still percentage than, than people think um, most retail is still done in store. But t- it's sort of one of those things, like you have to have it. You have to spend money on it, and it has to be good, and it has to be updated. But it may not be what's driving your sales. Then you have to think about how you're competing. I think people lose. I think some people lose perspective of how early we still are in, you know, in e-commerce, right? And and how much if you get it right, how much upside there is uh, versus your competitors, because there's still just so much fat on the bone to take from your competitors if you can, you know, set up the you know the online stuff correctly. Right, and I think that people also don't realize they underestimate how difficult it is to set up that infrastructure and to manage that inventory you know it's more difficult how do you manage returns and should you keep track of people who always return does that mean they won't buy online because they could try it on you know there's so many things like that and there's a lot of cost associated which i think why margins you know it's great that some of these retailers are seeing better sales but margins have a lot of pressure against yeah. them right so there's speaking, a lot going, coming yeah speaking of that um the last thing here are there any kind of like sales trends that 
that either of you guys are seeing, you know, a couple years ago, it was all about the boxes, you know, it was like the oh, bark box. And subs- it was all about the yeah. subscription oh. box. Right. And I feel like yeah, a lot of those companies right. have died out. Right. Cause, well, cause business- you did it for three months and then you were like, I yeah. can't keep getting this. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it was okay, but it was, yeah. you know, like a lot of those companies died out because they could just never get exit velocity on, on the margins. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there, we've, we've heard, you know, again and again about how this like, specialized personalized you know kind mm-hmm. of biometric we're going to scan you and mm-hmm. then you can you know go shopping online whatever for everything yeah i, I saw this big uh I, maybe it was uh, on tv 60 minutes or maybe it was an article i read it was about this uh japanese brand mm-hmm. that sends you what looks like a like a like a leotard like a like a full body kind of suit like you know like a mm-hmm. spandex suit it and, measures and you. it measures you with ah. like these things and then you could just buy t-shirts and jeans and like of their brand of their or brand of any only brand. their brand oh. just their brand i was gonna say that would be great if you then knew what size muji, you were every... muji? no yeah, yeah. not muji no muji is just different thing. that's m-u-j-i yeah that's something no, different. that's a different thing yeah, yeah. um so so there was that and I've then seen apps for that though like you yeah. you line up your iphone and it supposedly takes a 3d mm. kind of I don't know I don't how. Trust how that. I don't well, know. that is furniture, furniture oh, really? apps, makeup. Oh, right, I think uh, Ulta even has an like you could try oh, a lipstick yes. on. You're not yeah. trying on the lipstick, but it shows up on oh, your picture cool. in, in your phone. That is a really good um, use of AR. That's yeah. a really good use yeah. of yeah. AR. Use the furniture app. I know I had a friend that she just put in the dimensions of her room. And she was mm-hmm. able to take, maybe it was restoration hardware or something. She was able to yeah. kind of mock up a floor plan to see how big, because the issue yeah. here in New York is always like, yeah, you try to fit. measure it out, yeah, but no. you really can't Every figure out. I just need, will it fit through your door? Because I had to get rid of two couches because it didn't fit through the door. Yeah. Mine didn't either. They had to be able to call a furniture doctor. I did Which that I'm sure too. you didn't realize. Yeah. A furniture existed, doctor. 300 bucks. Yeah they, take, yeah, they take the whole thing apart. The, yeah. the, to the bones and then put it back together crazy. once the and it looks fine but it's kind of crazy i definitely think like um you're seeing the technology becoming more important just to either one differentiate from each other and also to connect the customer like you have to that's the only way i can think that they can really try to build loyalty to somebody who's just looking that's the best at their site yeah, from the phone it. right and you know you feel like oh this is a better experience i can see how i look in this outfit i can see how this looks in my house yeah. so i think you definitely see that the other thing you're seeing in retail in general you're asking about big trends is that service in furniture you're seeing interior design being offered mm-hmm. everywhere the other trend you're seeing is hospitality like come and eat here and then while you're here go buy something, oh, the whole, you know, having food, that sort of thing. Like what can you do to make the experience more pleasant hmm. for someone yeah. coming in? Cause you got to get that foot traffic in, right? It's still very weak. And then online, like it, there's, it's like being on a highway and trying to figure out which way to go. There's so many things that you can choose from. So how do they stand out? I see a lot right? of, I see a lot of like fruit for men stuff. It's all, if you're going to get a suit now, it's all bespoke. Mm-hmm. It's all, mm-hmm custom yeah, you know like there's no stuff. more go buy stuff off the rack like that's right. kind of over mm-hmm. although the quality of the stuff that is the best like they're not yet in the higher quality they're really down right. at the like lower middle lower tier, lower yeah. lower middle mm-hmm. range um so i think that's interesting but i just don't know how many people are actually using it. there's a proliferation of these apps right and 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 places uh like suit supply you know right. like uh, but yeah. uh, and, and they're all over instagram all over Instagram, but 
but I just don't know if they're actually selling anything at this point or you yeah. know, hitting escape velocity or are they just the kind of, you know, subscription box kind of, 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 of today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, possibly, cause I haven't heard like about them getting so much traction yeah. yet, but it might just be like, it has to get popular on there and then they, you know, for a while and then people start doing it. Right. It takes a while. <laughs> And, you know, I think didn't Instagram just add the shopability functionality from their app, right? So now we have to see, like, (laughs) if you can actually look at that stuff now and then just go and buy it. I don't trust it. Everything on there is, like, kind of cheap. And you're like, oh, that jacket Mm -hmm. looks nice, but, like, it's $150. How could it possibly be well made? I can't touch it. I get very high end to very, yeah, suspiciously low end. end. I, I get some expensive stuff on there that I click on and... Yeah, I've bought a lot of stuff off of Amazon or or things that have been marketed to me. I think the other Mm -hmm. trend I've noticed a lot in my my ads and inbox this this holiday shopping season season specifically is the in like in the health and wellness category, this sort Mm. of trying to recreate Mm -hmm. a live fitness experience at home. So Mm The, the Peloton, uh, Peloton model. Yeah, they City Row that. is doing mm-hmm. it now. City oh, Row. Oh, are they really? Are they, did they come out with a rowing machine? They have a really? rowing machine. Good for her. Yeah. If, if everybody doesn't know, one of my uh, high school classmates, uh, Helene Knapp, started that uh, City Row. I, people outside of New York might not know what that is. but it's, Yeah, it's, a, oh, it's wow. like a, the, the water rower, and yeah. they, they feature it as being very portable and storable, even though it's a huge machine, but you can kind of yeah. flip it up vertically. And it connects to your TV, and you do oh, live. That's cool. You you are doing it at home. Ooh. You're watching it live. Are you like on a river, or are you mm. with a class? No, you're with a class oh, you're of with the people. Class. Okay. I hate the river. See, the river thing never worked. No, I think you gotta be shamed in class, into keeping up. Yes, they can see your your yeah. track, like your calories. Basically. It's a community <laughs> class pass two is launching live like Weight Watchers classes. in the old days. Oh, really? oh, yeah. that's cool. So so class pass yeah. will have an app now where you can join a yoga class. You're at home, but you're actually watching. Um, and then Flywheel does it as well. They copied the Peloton yeah, model, but that. you know, I say this cause I bought a Peloton, which I'm ashamed oh, to, cool. I am no, ashamed to admit, cool. but I... they had a decent deal and I've been wanting, you know, I, I have friends that have just raved about yeah. it. I go to the Peloton studio right here, maybe which is I'll like see two you. blocks from our <laughs> Well, I go home. two blocks from the, oh, you'll well, see me I'm saying, on I'll the I'll be at home yeah. and I'll be like, oh, there's Lee. <laughs> I've heard though that the experience for the in-studio rider is different because it's all about the at-home rider is that true i mean they're talking to the camera it, it, yeah they're saying oh here's yeah. this person's logged in yeah, nice yeah, to yeah. see you hundredth ride whatever yeah. yeah it's they're just playing for the camera We're, well, i'm just part yeah. of the studio set what, you know? what they've done though is they've made those those instructors like celebrities now so people yeah. travel from all over the country to go to, to that go studio to you're studio going to, to it's kind of weird just to ride i'm just like i'm just going to a, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a cycling class so i was just shocked at how many and then there's a ton of different apps and it's not necessarily live but like aptive i've had a bunch you know ten dollars yeah. a month mm-hmm. for instructions for it yeah yeah, yeah instructions right. and, and workouts and whatnot um, right right yeah i wonder how much of That's the re- i wonder how much of the retail money is you know going towards that going towards the activities mm-hmm. and and stuff like that yeah um, yeah hmm. yeah so that's something interesting that you know i haven't i haven't seen too much of it but i think i could definitely see how that's happening as people sort of move to being more healthy and also again being it's sort of like e-commerce like being at home and doing the same thing you would normally do 
right. out in public. Oh, right. I got to mention class. one more thing before we get out of here. So, you know, I've been a, I've been a real bear on GNC, VSI, like any of these things. <laughs> yes. Um, the there's a Netflix um, special out it's called like cheating death or something like that it's mm. in its second season uh-huh. and this season it's like and it's going nuts on netflix right now and it's all about this guy who basically you know does this it's like a documentary about how um none of this stuff works it's all basically fake and and it's pretty like eye-opening some of it's a little extreme you know he gets into some mm-hmm. you know some you know um a straw man, a little bit like straw man arguments. Like this is a crazy thing that this person is selling, you know, to make you fitter. But like, you know, how many people actually use that? But there's also like, hey, this is something a lot of people buy, and none of it works, and it's a complete fraud. Right. And I, I just mm-hmm. like, I'm bearish on anything retail oriented to selling you these just like fake. Was it like protein powders? You say vitamins? What? It's all of it. It's vitamins. It's um, it's like all the workout trends. Right. It's uh, all the diets. It's like it's just like all the cleanses. He goes through all of them. Detoxes. Detox. Excessive episodes. You know how we've made it thousands of years without that or the vitamin. I mean, and essentially the the theory is that if you live in the Western world and you're eating a regular diet, the vitamins yes. might not even be necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not even not necessary. Yeah. Oh, the probiotic <laughs> stuff. Probiotics are yeah. literally the worst waste of money because you put them in and you it literally goes right out. Yeah, and it yeah. does not stick. It, it does nothing. So it's it's just like it's the only way to drive traffic. Really, I mean, I hate <laughs> to say that, but it has to be the new. It's the newness, and what else can they add that's new? Yeah, right. So it has to be like this is going to help you in some way, or you're going to get this result, and then inevitably. If it doesn't, then you should go on to the next thing. When you, when you start getting so much viewership on something like that on a Netflix, it, mm-hmm. it tells me that, like, yeah. you know, people are... Figuring it out. You know, there will always be snake oil salesmen, right? But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. we've, we crossed kind of some, you know, threshold where it just became way too much with all of these things. We right. drove ourselves insane. And now, right. you know, things... Right. Well, and you saw GNC and VSI over the last couple of years have already been crushed right. for whatever, whether oh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. mall traffic or right. whatever it was, but it's, you know... Yeah. It, it's already not working for them. So I feel like, I feel like it's going to start to not work for a lot more things here. This sounds like something Goop Goop tries to push. He literally brings her up and says, I'm not going to mention exactly the thing that he brings up, but I think, you know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The two women on this call will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And it's, it's insane. Like, I know I've seen a lot of doctors write up stuff about this. It's so absurd, but people really believe it. And I know. they try it. And they're like ninety dollar a month vitamins. Oh, God. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, we will we will leave it there. Seema, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see everybody back on the Estimized Roundtable next week. Have a good week. Estimize is an open financial estimates platform designed to collect forward-looking financial estimates from independent buy-side and sell-side analysts, along with those of private investors and academics. Currently, over 62,000 analysts contribute to Estimize, resulting in coverage of over 2,200 stocks and 80 economic indicators each quarter. The Estimize consensus has proven more accurate than comparable sell-side data sets over 74% of the time. Become a part of our community by visiting us at Estimize.com and check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter with the handle Estimize. 
Due to our access to the confidential identities of hedge funds, which post estimates on Estimize.com, Estimize and its employees have agreed not to own individual stocks. Guests which appear on our podcast may or may not have positions in the equities discussed. All the opinions shared on today's show belong to the individuals that express them, and nothing said on this podcast should be considered investment advice.